Good morning, pilgrims and travelers. I'm going to try to pass of life. Ventilate. Good morning. Again, kind of uh, really enjoying practicing my languages. Starting to recognize, well, maybe creating pattern, I'm not sure, or, you know, integrating patterns with the Japanese. You know, things like or Urimas means to sell something, and then Irimas to need something. And then you have, uh, well, anyway, you have a bunch of homonyms too in Japanese. And anyway, just kind of, uh, it's kind of nice. You know, it's definitely slow, but uh, like Tachi, no, Tachi, yeah, Tachi, Tachi Mas means to stand, Machi to wait, Mochi to hold or to have. Anyway. And if you have something, you would say like Arimaska, do you have it? Or Imaska, if it's a live person, because in Japanese, uh, if it's a live object, I guess, in a weird way I'm saying that, then it becomes, uh, it's ir instead of ar. So you have two ways to address that. Well, kind of like, I guess, in English, right? He is or she is or it is. Well, I guess there is that too. But I guess in English, you could say that about a dog. And in Japanese, no, it would be considered live. Like in anything that's alive would be uh, would be used with the live verb instead of uh, the object, inanimate object. Anywho. And then the Esperanto too, which I went back to start from the beginning again, which I realized was a good move because sometimes I'm going too fast. So I go through it. But it's uh, basically I need the repetition because the way that I do things, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of nice too. Like about Duolingo, you get to uh, well, it's such a pace basically. And of course, you know you have that competition thing, where so you know, you have a leaderboard, you know you have all the people in there. And then, uh, of course, the higher up on a food chain you go, then the, high, the harder, the tougher the competition is. And, uh, and so I'm with that. So, and I am, I have to say, I am, I am being competitive. Uh, but I guess in a way I'm using that and then I'm getting more practice out of it. So I, I see, I, I can see the little bit of an edge to that, you know? use if you're doing something that you enjoy you know uh oh i didn't look for the pyramids if you're do, doing something that you enjoy then you know if you have that little competitive edge then you're using other people so even though you know it's kind of like trying to be better than they are or trying to get a better score which doesn't have anything to do with learning a language really because as a volume doesn't necessarily translate to quality of learning but in my case, you know, and I'm not saying that's the best way that I could do it, you know, but it's, I mean, you know, it's basically, uh, I started Duolingo relatively shortly after meeting Pilar, and I'm not even sure if I find out about it because of her, 
I actually didn't know about Duolingo. I don't remember. I stumbled upon it. But uh, yeah, it's my fourth year, you know. In October will be year number five. <laughs> kind of a nice image that Pilarin and Duolingo were, were happening around the same time. Anyhow. Anyhow. All right. So you can uh, feel it. The sun is definitely... You have kind of a little bit of coolness, and then you can feel the heat already. So it's going to be a hot day today, so that warmth is definitely here today. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, some people end up having shorter days because of the the, the heat is really bothersome to them, or they're having a hard time, or whatever the case may be. So yesterday, what happened to me? So I had a long, I had a nice, uh, over an hour, uh, walk with a backpack, a heavy backpack, and then my palms really actually enjoyed having them again. So definitely looking forward to use those three times a week. Doesn't quite make, make much sense. It doesn't quite make much sense. I'm going too fast to use them when I'm not carrying the weight, like today, for example. But with the backpack, yes, it really is a nice, very uh, good for the posture. And I guess before I go on to tomorrow, let me go say hello to Muddy. And he's already here, the guy, or whatever, owner, I don't know what you call it, the landlord, I guess. Oh, is she coming? Yes, yeah, she's coming. She is it hitting me a little bit? That's so funny how she stops. Well, actually, which is kind of weird. Aren't you supposed to be a guard dog? Aren't you supposed to be a guard dog? Aren't you supposed to be a guard dog? How you doing, girl? Hmm? It's going to be warm for you today, eh? I guess you kind of, uh, your hair aren't so, aren't so long. Yes. How is that thing? Is it going back? Is it going back? Is it going? It looks like your 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 throat hair is going back. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, good to see you. Anyway, stay cool today. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. So yesterday, uh, <laughs> I didn't get anybody until, oof, uh, I don't know, it must have been like between four and five, I think. Yeah, right. It was after four when they got here. Athel and uh, Shahid, or she had. No, I think it's Shahid. So when it's from England, they're Manchester, Shahid, and then Esol is actually from Mexico. But it doesn't look, it didn't look to me at all like a Mexican. And even his accent didn't sound. But it's from Monterey, and apparently they have the kind of their own uh, idiosyncrasy there. 
but young guys, one 19, the other one 32. I guess I met maybe a couple of times, so they were finishing together. Uh, Shahid uh, actually is on the Camino because of his uncle, and Shahid is Muslim, so which is quite something, at least in my book, because it's just not something that you see. You know, I mean, I've met uh, the Iraqi guy, but uh, he's Christian, so that makes sense. So it's interesting that somebody from a different faith, you know, would be on the Camino. I didn't get to talk about his uncle, his uncle, which apparently has been on the Camino quite a few times and really likes it, you know. Uh, I mean, I guess he could be Muslim, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But interesting, you know, 19-year-old with a big afro <laughs> uh, and a heck of a thick accent on him. Oh, my goodness. You're talking about, uh, you know, thinking of uh, the British who can, who can articulate so well and, you know, the pronunciation being so good. But uh, I think there's quite a big chunk of them that, uh, I don't know, to me, sounds actually weirder or less clean actually than American, but of course you have that too. You know, some people find the American harder to to understand than the British. So anywho, so he's an architect, the guy from, uh, from Mexico, and basically, you know, searching, confused, and, you know, and then, well, actually, now in this case, it's a little different. There is a little bit of that. But he's kind of uh, reconnected to the Christian faith, and so he's doing this Camino, and then he's going to meet with his uh, Christian group to do a, a retreat in uh, Lisbon, and then go with them in uh, Marocco, in, in Morocco, uh, for some kind of tourist stuff as a Christian group, basically. And uh, so, interesting chat we had. We talked for quite a while. Well, of course, for, first of all, I realized, you know, gave them the water, and then we sat and talked, and I was like, okay, guys, I realized that, you know, I'm between you and your showers. And uh, and then they went and showered up, and, you know, initially they weren't quite sure about dinner, and I'm like, you know, no sweat, you go up, take a shower, there's nobody else, you know, let me know before six, you know, and then they were up for a while, getting all cleaned up and everything, whatever they had to do. And then they came down and uh, they were like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have dinner. I'm like, all right. But they were like, hey, could we have it later? You know, because they were about to go like at five o'clock and get some food. They were hungry. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah? So we'll do dinner at eight. And so the two signed up. And a little bit later, the other guy realized, Shahid, that uh, he just had like whatever he ate, pasta and salad and chips and God knows what. And I was like, hey, dude, is that okay if I just take myself out of it? I'm like, of course, that's fine. Which makes sense. I mean, you know, yeah, if you're hungry, you're really stuffing yourself. The idea of eating like a couple of hours later or three hours later, you know, it doesn't make much sense. So, and we just finally chatted a bunch. Eventually, I had to get up and then. Uh, Start cooking the dinner, and then this French priest Antonio Antoine, sorry Antoine, showed up. Uh, 
It's been actually about a similar amount of time in an English-speaking country, so his English is very good. And he's kind of a kind of a monk, I guess. Anyway, so he stumbled like 7.30 or so in, uh, in the albergue. I wanted to know about the church, about the service, so I ended up walking there. And then uh, basically it turned out that he was going to be hosted by the priest. Basically he had a place for him to stay. So it was going to be, of course, which makes sense. But I kind of invited him to eat because I was going to be actually uh, sitting down with Aslo. I wasn't going to let him eat alone. And uh, when the priest came, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to invite him, you know, get him to to eat and to, to partake in a meal and not to charge him, of course. And it was like, that was kind of nice. You know, it felt right. Thinking about... Uh, the couple of guys, you know, that were kind of, uh, that I basically did not uh, host for free. You know, I didn't lodge them for free that night. And that felt right too, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Kind of uh, trying to be clear about that it's not really fear-based, but it's just something in me that's like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. And then being okay with that. However imperfect that science is. So, you know, we talked for a bit and, you know, uh, so there was a little bit of a back and forth on some stuff. I became more aware that I was kind of uh, acaparar, I like that, to kind of uh, not take over, but to take a lot of the real estate in a conversation. So I kind of apologized on two or three occasions and kind of made myself shut up, which was very hard to do, actually, for long. But I like that I'm making that effort and that the awareness seems to be increasing about, I've been talking a lot here, let's give him some space. And toward the end of the evening, when uh, the priest eventually, or the monk, whatever you call it, the father, left, uh, I actually got the shahid to, to share on some stuff because I was actually very quite curious. You know, that a Muslim, you know, what it's like for him. Does he go to Mass? You know, and then, you know, what what would he consider the most important in his faith? And, you know, kind of what's happening. I mean, he's 19-year-old and, uh, anyway, and he's actually really enjoying the Camino. So it's really, it's kind of nice, you know. I don't, I don't cross paths with a lot of Muslims. You know, you can watch some video and stuff about conversation across religion. You know, because I do believe it's kind of similar to uh, the Christian or any other one, you know. The majority is quite moderate, you know, quite tolerant. And then you have those extreme, and, you know, it's the same everywhere. They're just more dramatic, it seems to be, on the Muslim side. And uh, the impact is, uh, or the, the ramification of that seems to be more dramatic compared to other religions. You know what I mean. So it was nice. Turned out, you know, it was uh, we were on the dining table until quite late. You know, I was mindful of it, but I was like, you know, they they do they did seem to enjoy kind of being around and kind of my my perspective. You know, I'm uh, I'm definitely going to bat for it. I'm practicing it. My swing about who I am, what's important, what I'm learning, trying to be clear, you know, in the, in the choice of words, 
trying to be really intentionate. Intentionate, I'm not sure that's the correct word, but to be yeah, to be really saying what I'm wanting to say with that absolute, you know, kind of uh, what I'm learning, what this path is, and and also at times realizing, realizing what an interesting journey that I am on. This weird place where I'm not thinking about the future. Um, it's no, no, sorry. Of course I'm thinking about the future, but not that much. And it's not what's most important. You know, there's not really a cost analysis in terms of if I do that or if I have that and I want more, what do I have to do to, to get more? Or is that might cost me more? Mm, is that worth it? You know, that very entrancing cost analysis. And I'm not even sure that everybody realize, realizes they're doing it. Uh, but we are. We're always comparing, measuring, estimating, valuing things. And then according to that, then we make decision. And, uh, and then the shift, what feels like a shift in me, has been this thing of moving from that to what does it feel like right now? in this moment in space and time, you know, who you are, because the quality of who you are now, or how you feel, the experience of yourself through the feeling senses instead of the mind sense, it's different. There is different input. You kind of get different things out of it. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I kind of forget that's kind of the path that I've been on, you know, like being where I'm at and being like, it doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter how long I'm there. You know, what, what matters is what's going on while I'm there. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I've obviously committed myself here, you know, for the summer. And, uh, you know, I mean, yesterday, two days ago, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I may have more, you know, of a no, no show, you know, day and then being the whole day open and nothing happening. But it's not about that either. It's not about feeling great. That's why I'm doing it. So it's not about the condition being conducive to my state of happiness. It's about me being, you know, where I want to be. And uh, there could be something happening that could change that, you know, my commitment, and it would be okay. It's unlikely because I have given my word. And also the fact that yeah, it feels, it feels right. As simply as that, it just feels right to, to be doing these things, you know. Whether it is always productive at a certain level on the outer space, it's not as important now that the commitment has been made. But I am affected by it, of course. But uh, to go back to my initial point that I'm trying to make, I guess, trying to clarify this idea of uh, trying to be as close as close to each moment as possible instead of thinking about each moment you know trying to be more into that into your body into your soul whatever you want to call it but not so much into your head so the the place of the quality of a being that is based more on the sense of an equality of an experience instead of uh, 
analytical, you know, you gauging everything, thinking and being in that space. Because then in a way, from my standpoint, at least you're not present anymore. You're not connected to that part of you, however imperfect it might be. And I do believe it's imperfect too. I just don't know anything better. You know, I read about it, about people who have that selfless experience, you know, that all-encompassing, and uh, I just haven't had that. And, you know, it's like my past is my past, and it doesn't have to fit with anybody else. I don't need to compare it. I don't really have a goal in mind because I don't know, you know, what I'm going for. But step by step as I go, as I, you know, spend my days, then there is a pattern, there is a path that I keep blazing. And I think it's impossible not to, right? Because you keep having to make choices, and then those choices are based on values, priorities, and principle, I feel, that guide one's human being. So you do have that, you know? We all have some form of religion in our life, morality, you know, the idea of right and wrong, what's good and bad, and all of that. And uh, however skewed it may be, it's like there are no alternatives, there are no other options, but to try to be as perfect in your imperfection, you know, or to try to, to connect those dots so you can learn, meaning I did that because of that, and that led me there. And then after a few times, you may realize, well, you know what, that's not really useful. That doesn't serve me, so then you may change something or you may update your understanding and then you just uh, you know uh truck along that's not the one i want that's not the verb i wanted to use but you just uh yeah you just go along life that way like i say with patience being gentle resilience and then develop a practice to where you can keep showing up and Actually, I would say showing up is the most important part, you know. Not what you have to show for at the end, but that you can keep showing up. That you're okay with falling, with making mistakes, with not knowing. That it's not what's most important. But that you keep deciding to... Yeah, you know what? I'm on. Okay, I accept. I accept another day of God knows what. Because just the fact that it is, is enough for me. And uh, as I was talking yesterday, it was like, it was kind of nice, you know, having the Christian and the Muslim faith in a room. I found myself, of course, uh, you know, siding a little more, even though I don't know much about the Muslim faith at all. I really don't know much about Islam. But, uh, you know, that it's like, Obviously, you have the priest, you know, you have the other Christian guy, and they're going to be more about talking about the Christian faith point of view, and there's nothing wrong per se with that. But as far as I was concerned, for me, I realized it goes beautifully along my, my philosophy, which is it doesn't matter what you believe in. It really doesn't. What matters is if it produces fruit. And there was a point that I made with the priest, and I'm like, look at the Christian faith, 2,000 years. You know, what does it have to show for? I mean, it's crumbling. And, uh, you know, people go to church, and but, you know, what they're hearing, what they go for, you know, uh, 
I don't find it as relevant, a part of the Catholic faith to me. It's not relevant. It's not up to date. It's not, yeah, it's not current. And then we have a, a, a tractor pulling uh, next, uh, what do you call those? Uh, something that digs hole. I forgot what you call it. Even in Spanish, I don't know. So, so yes, it was kind of it was kind of nice. So I kind of you know engaged him a couple of times, kind of being curious, being mindful. You know, obviously it's kind of a can be a weird spot to be put on, and uh, he seemed to be more of a listening type. But I'm like, yeah, I would like to hear. You know, it's very interesting. So, this very idea of a Muslim on a Muslim, Muslim or Muslim, Muslim. I think it's Muslim. Yeah, on a on a Christian pilgrimage. Even more, you know, these days. Uh, that's that's a rarity. Hold on, we have a lady walking her dog. One of the S. Anyhow. So, that was yesterday, so I went to bed late. You know, close to 11, actually, before I uh, uh, turned off the tablet and went to sleep. Kind of realized, too, sometimes when I'm kind of wired after energizing conversation, I need something to, to bring it down and... Yeah, watching something kind of light is kind of nice for that. So I did a little bit of that last night, and uh, so it's been a, you know it's been about a six-hour night. So we'll see what comes of it, and uh, I'm about to go on a on a big climb. Get a van. And let's see if we have traffic here. Yeah, we have about, looks like three, four pilgrims coming. The early birds get the warm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will start are starting early today. You know, in the next few days, we'll be mindful. And for me, definitely, if it gets hot, it's not like I have a problem walking in the heat, but I just don't like the idea of starting in the heat. So, you know, kind of starting when it's cool, when it's nice, and then when the transition happens, it just, it feels different. So, and we'll see, yeah, if I, uh, if I end up uh, going back on a walk in September, because it'll definitely can be still quite hot. I mean, less in this part of the country, of course, than Andalusia, which is, uh, where I'll be going, pretty much, and unless unless I'm going to Esperanza, I haven't sent her message near Barcelona. She actually lives in the country, which sounds nice. Uh, you know, if I was to go over there to cook for for a couple of weeks, then I would uh, I would back toward I would go back toward uh, Camino de Loyola. That's the one I would do. <coughs> anyway. Same thing about this camino, actually, just when we came to Raquel, 
because she was the hospitalera in Alfaro. Alfaro. And I haven't heard back from her for a while, actually. You know, so I'm wondering if she went back to to be an hospitalera in uh, in different albergues, but uh, yeah, I haven't heard from her, which is fine, you know, which is fine. I think I've mentioned also about taking out those two contacts of the those two friends that I had that I just felt like it was just stale. It just didn't make sense anymore to to just keep in contact for contact's sake and, you know, just talking about stuff. And uh, like I say, for me, to socialize, it's not valuable in itself unless something else. Unless it's kind of like a nice breaker that takes you to another place. If not, I really am. I'm just better. Not It's better for me not to have that than to have the wrong kind. And I'm okay with that, you know? It's like that's just the way that I am. And unless that changes, well, that's uh, that's the status quo I'm, I'm living with. Anyhow, it's a nice, very nice breeze right now. So you have sun, I mean, you have a full sun, a completely clear sky, and a very, very nice, uh, Early morning breeze. And here we go, and taking a left to the Mirador. I can't believe, I can't think of the English word of Mirador. It's a place where you have a beautiful vantage point, you know, from you have a beautiful panoramic view from that place. You know, you would have that on interstate, kind of like a rest area. And then you have a, you know, Kodak moment there. Anyhow, so that's basically where the cell tower is. And a 360 view, 360 degree panoramic view. Anyhow, uh, oh, I tried to watch, oh my goodness. There's a couple of movies. One was The Crimes of the Academy, I think it's called, with Christian Bale. I tried and just like, Ugh, I couldn't. Then there was a movie with uh, Ashton Kruster, 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 whatever, Kruster, Kruster, whatever his name, and uh, Reese Witherspoon, My Place or Your Place, something like that. And it was so freaking bad. So, to me, so shallow. It was just disgusting. I just couldn't. I really felt this case. I was like, oh, que asqueroso. Just awful. Que terrible. Que fuerte. And I just couldn't. You know, I was thinking, well, you know, I had my mindset about Hollywood. Even shitty movie, you know, could be like in France with even a bad restaurant. You know, it can be decent because a good cook. It's something that they are known for, and they are good for. And uh, with movies and Hollywood, I still feel like they are very good at what they do. But uh, it is getting harder uh, to find something. 
Right now the best thing is uh, I'm basically doing a slow marathon of the Seinfeld, you know. Finally I can go through it. I mean, it's a little... Uh, I'm sure for the time it was not, but watching it now, it's a little silly. It's a little kind of a teenage you know, kind of thing, what, what they are going. And of course, it's quite politically correct. It's quite clean. So, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, it makes sense. You know, he has to pass mustard, right? He has to pass the, the whole censorship deal that you have regardless of what you do in life you know this is not your show this is you're just a contributor and uh but it's watchable you know i'll say that i was thinking of fraser but i realize i don't think i can watch fraser anymore i really enjoy it but it's like i kind of know all the stuff i really like so it's kind of like yes okay it's great it's funny it's witty great chemistry between the cast and some very cool script at times and it's just very fitting they're very, they're very endearing the characters you really get sucked in into it but uh, I've watched it enough kind of like reading The Alchemist I really don't see I don't see that happening again and in a way I could say that I feel good about that because I guess everybody's different, but I have this tendency when I like something to repeat it, you know, to get obsessed with it. And, uh, but it only lasts for a time. So I'm quite, you know, disciplined. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm quite obsessed with it to where I just watch it and watch it or listen to it, listen to it like a, like a soundtrack that I would really like. And I keep thing back to it often and uh, there's been a few things you know like even uh, home improvement I remember really liking it and then uh, a while back I tried to watch it again with Tim Allen and it was like oh it was so bad it was so bad but you know at the time I mean we're talking about the I think in the 80s it started to come out and uh, well, it's something different you know Tim Allen that's kind of a sensitive, uh, monkey-ape-like kind of a man, you know, and of course a typical leftist stereotype, you know, about men being stupid, but you know, like God bless him kind of type thing, you know, and the woman, you know, being the brain, being the center, and though I do believe that, they are saying that, you know, men and women are just for different reasons, better suited at, it doesn't make interesting there's a bunch of cigarettes here on the floor from a marble pack which is not cheap thinking people whether drunk or high to leave that stuff on the floor but yeah it's it's just uh some of the culture to me is kind of a little annoying you know as a man and of course you know it's not politically correct because you know uh, what do you call it uh, um Oh my goodness, there's a name for it. Basically, you know, when there's been, quote-unquote, an injustice that has been perpetrated for a while, um, then it becomes harder as a, the tide changes for the oppressed, you know, to actually being able to state its case or to defend or to, 
to negate or to argue against a point that's been made against them as a general entity, you know, like as a, the patriarchy and uh, the way it's kind of demonized. And I do, I'm definitely not politically correct. I have no no problem with a lot of the argument. But I think it is quite simplistic you know, to say that the problem is that so there is a system in place and there are reasons for it. And that system is evolving. Maybe sometimes not as fast as some people would like it. You know, meaning like uh, abuse, rape, abuse of power, you know, sexual harassment, also sexual stuff. I have no problem as far as having a discussion about it. But you know, the the thing it's good or bad. To again to to make a one hundred percent statement, the fact that I believe strongly in what I believe, I I just can't go to it's right and wrong. You know, I do not believe in rape, I do not believe in sexual abuse, I do not believe in bullying, you know, all those things from my point of view are wrong. And no question, I'm completely on that side. But I just can't go from here to this is what society should be like. And, or society would be better if. The if game, even on a bigger scale. I remember with Glenn that time, so we'd have some discussion, and there would be what if. And I'm like, I don't play the what if. You know, there is what there is, and that's what I'm playing with. I'm not going to be hypothetically, what would you do if? Like the that Harvard first year of law students, the law school where they're talking about the train driver. And then you have two, two, two options. One, you let the train driver, sorry, keep driving the train and it will kill five people. Or you kill the train driver and then you prevent those five people from doing. And you know the idea of number game, right? Well, it makes sense because... Uh, it's just one person dying, which is so ethnocentric also, you know, the idea of uh, that's the only thing really to be considered. Though it is a very valid point and makes complete sense. But to me, of course, being the devil's advocate that I am, and maybe I'm more of a sophist than I want to admit, I'd be like, but you know the difference between him killing the five and me killing him is that I'd be killing him. So I would actually be breaking one of my principles and one of my most value, which is you shall not kill. And so it just takes on a different place. Now, one would be putting myself in its way that maybe after killing me, it might, you know, bring him back to common sense or, you know, God knows what or who knows how that might impact him. But that would be something that could be an interesting proposition. But, uh, interesting. It might be glass, I guess. Poseidon, sport, or the toilet for men. But to me, that option, that's a given that, of course, you would kill it. And that's what makes sense. It's like, I don't know. I just, uh... All right, here we go, plastic. There's something so simple, you know, kind of naive almost about it, to reduce it, this reductionism, intellectual reductionism, I call it. And not that I have a solution, it's just that it just feels like, sorry, but I'm not, I'm not biting this bait, as they say, you know. 
I just, uh, I just, yeah, like I, I just don't see that way. But then at the same time, as I was saying yesterday, I'm not an intellectual. So for me, you know, the idea of following the thought to its inevitable conclusion, you know, to be able to really mount an argument with premises and being able to put and establish good premises that becomes foundation to what may become an irrefutable point is not something that's interesting to me. And uh, though I can state my case, I can explain, that's up to a point, then I'm, I'm really not interested in staying in the realm of what's making sense, what's reasonable and logical. I just, because it's, it's too black and white for me, and I'm not capable, you know, and I'm not interested. So, for what that's worth. Anywho. Why has a lot of chatting this morning? I'm very chatty, like I was very chatty yesterday. Anyhow, but I am—I do feel good about that, about increasing my awareness, and about putting some brakes on, and kind of updating my behavior, and being conscious that I am acapara. I like that word, the verb acapara. I am kind of, you know, I'm covering a lot of the ground here, and it's not just me. And though I feel, you know, like what I'm saying. It's nice, it's good, it's valuable. It's like, I don't need that much of it. It's okay to to use opportunity when you have connection with people to express, to clarify, and to precise, to become more precise about how you articulate your viewpoint. I think that's great. But then, you hear you have those individuals, and what about theirs, you know? And I think possibly I am getting more interested in that part and kind of curbing a little bit my enthusiasm. Sorry, Leo David. Anyhow. Any more telegram here? Oh, yeah, you're going to be warm, guys, today. It's definitely a very warm day today. So, I'm about to re-enter Navarrete, obviously. If I'm talking about the last straight, last stretch, or last straight stretch of road leading to Navarrete before the staircase, I am about to take a right into Navarrete. Oh, there could be a pilgrim right there. Anywho. So today, no laundry to do, but I'll be doing the sweeping, the, mop, well, the mopping, and... Uh, yeah, and I'm thinking about getting that squid stuff today, we'll see. I get that about once a week now. I was doing the muscle for a while, but I kind of like this, uh, I forgot the name, Poton or po Poton, I think, Poto. I forgot. I don't remember the name, but I like it. It's got a kind of a rubbery texture, which I don't know why. Choco? I think it was called Choco in uh, Valencia when it went with uh, Pilar and it just... It felt horrible when I was eating that. But this stuff here, or like a pulpo, kind of a little bit like a pulpo. Kind of octopus, I guess, of sort. Anyhow. Anyhow. What else for you guys? What else do I have in for my daily diary entry? Um, Mm. I gotta make my oatmeal this morning. 
I'm almost kind of starting to debate about cooking or not, or recooking the oatmeal, and I'm thinking, am I not? Uh, I'm putting more oats yeah, into it. I'm also going to be adding more fruit. Uh, they have this very, very nice apple. It's like one euro ten for a kilo, which would be like around 60, 65 cents a pound for the apple. So it's a sweet deal for cooking those. And I might be moving from moving away from pears a little bit. Some of them are not quite ripe. They don't ripe. Quite ripe. They don't ripen. They don't ripen? I don't even know. How do I say they aren't they do not ripen? I think that's right. Well, basically. They just picked too green, you know. They're too unripe when they picked and they just don't finish well. But anyhow, I get that, but you know, like I say, the days are uh, nice and smooth. Uh, and of course, whenever I'm going to get that decent wave of pilgrim, I'd be pretty psyched about having a, a nice crowd to host at the albergue. All right, there is a door to the albergue. Nobody's waiting, you know, with a question or wanting a coffee. And uh, and I guess I'll finish by saying that, yeah, Antonio wanting to wanted to leave a donation because I just invited him to stay. And uh, he's obviously uh, doing his uh, Camino on a budget. And I initially told him, hey, you don't have to. And I was like, well, that's okay. That's what he's choosing to do. And uh, that is fine. Hold on. Mm. A little bit of my... Yes. So I'm like to... So I'm like Steph. Anyway, guys, so on that note, I will let you go. I'm going to go pet the cat. Yes.